Well, good morning. It's good to see you guys. We're going to be in Acts 13 today. If you have your Bibles, you're going to turn there. Um, otherwise, it'll be up on the screen. Um, yeah, it's good to see you guys. Two services. We have one at 9. Now we're here we are at 1030. It's really good to see you all. We're in this series in Acts. We've been in this series. People have been like, when are you stopping? I don't know. When we get to the end of Acts, we'll get there eventually. Um, we are sharing communion today. Uh, once a month, we share the sacrament of communion together. And so I, I always mention, I try to remember to mention this to you all. Um, as we look at God's word, as, as we'll um, spend some time in, in worship together and everything, it's just kind of set your heart and your mind on you have the opportunity to receive the sacrament of communion today. Um, we say we have an open table here. It's not uh, for members only or something like that. Um, it's, it's an open table. Jesus gave us this table. He set it before us and said, if you desire to be in relationship with me, uh, then this table is for you. So um, just be thinking about that as we go through the message and, and our time together that you get to come and receive. So we're going to talk about stories today. Um, and I was thinking about that, about the power of a story. It was, when I did the math, it was kind of sobering. <laughs> um, well over 20 years ago, I started doing this and did it for many years. Um, when I was leading young adult ministry, uh, we would have a community group, Bible study, whatever you want to call it. And we would usually meet at my house. And, and you'd kind of like reboot every semester because people would graduate or move off. Or, you know, it was young adults, so people might move in to town. You know, they were worker bees. They're looking for a place to connect. So it was kind of a reboot every semester. And what I, I started doing something, and, and I found that it was, it, was, it was definitely a God thing. And that is we would start, we would tell our stories, Okay, so when we would get together on, you know, a Thursday night or whenever it was, we would have a Bible study, we'd have a study, we'd have a topic and everything, but we would spend the first several minutes of that time together sharing our story. And I would always start out that semester, I would go first to kind of set the stage, kind of set the standard, be, show them it's not so scary, um, to be very transparent and show that there's, there's power in that, there's power in that story, it, it draws us together, it connects us. And I would just kind of like send around a little sign-up sheet and people would sign up and it would go around and, and we would share. And before you knew it, everyone in the group had, had shared their story, usually the people that were the most petrified of doing something like that would be at the tail end. But by then they were like, okay, it's not so, it's not so difficult. But we, what we found in that is that we really got close to one another. And that we, the transparency and the honesty of that was, was really profound. And that we prayed for each other. And that we cared for one another in a way that if we didn't know one another's stories, I don't know if it would, would have gone that deep, you know. So it was just a really powerful time. And, and the, the thing about stories, that it made me think about that as I was working on this message. And I think the reason for that is that, first of all, everyone has a story. Um, in regard to faith and God, whether you realize it or not, God's writing your story right now. Uh, or it's been written. He knows how it's going to go. But you are, you are an active part of the story. God has engaged you. He's put you into his story. And um, that's, that's a really powerful thing to, to think about. You know, stories unveil truth. They, they connect us. They're, they're really powerful. And the Apostle Paul, 
who's, who we're reading about now as we've kind of shifted into this section of Acts. It kind of shifts from Peter to, to, the, to what Paul's doing. The Apostle Paul understood the power of the story. Paul was an Israelite himself. He was a Jewish person. Um, the whole foundation of, of uh, the history uh, of, of the Israelite people is, is on stories. That's how they shared the story. It was a, a tradition that was shared over and over again uh, through repeating the story before it was ever written down. So he understood the power of the story. And what we're going to see today as we start in verse 16 of Acts 13 is how Paul takes the story, he leverages the story of a, col a co the collective story of a group of people, the Israelites, and he leverages this story, uh, people who didn't recognize Jesus as Messiah yet, and he uses it to point them to the conclusion that Jesus is the Messiah. And he uses the power of the story. Verse 16, so we're going to walk through these verses together. So they were in... Um, they were in synagogue. It was the day, it was the Sabbath day. They were there together um, and uh, they asked Paul to speak. And so verse 16, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our ancestors. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. Now, what we might miss in this is that the people he was speaking to know this story. This is like their identity. I mean, if someone started telling a story about your family, you would kind of lean in and go, I'm part of this. And this is what they're doing. They're going, yep, here we go. We know this story. I'm part of this story. My, I heard this from my great-great-grandpappy about this story. Like, I'm part of this. So they're, they're leaning in, and he's telling them the story that they know, but he has a, a point to make. So he's bringing them in. They, they know this. Verse 18. For about 40 years, he, God, he endured their conduct in the wilderness it wasn't all sunshine and roses, okay? So he, they endured their, he endured their conduct in the wilderness, and he overthrew seven nations in Canaan. So they're nodding their head. They know this story. Giving their land to his people as their inheritance, right? So they're like, yes, God is for us. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel, the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, God didn't want to set up a king, but the people asked and asked and asked, so he allowed it. And he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. Now, again, the people that are listening know this story. They know the prophets. They know the judges. They know all these things. They know about King Saul, and they know that Saul was not that great of a king. He jumps a huge portion of time, but they're hanging with him. They know the story. He's setting all this up. Verse 22, after removing Saul, because... Saul was not a good king. He made David their king. So now they're like, yeah, we kind of want to forget the Saul days, but David, you know, King David, that was, that was our guy. You know, he's the one. He made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. So this is when he shifts from, you're in the story, you're in the story, you know the story, and then suddenly he puts Jesus in the story. 
Up to this point, they're like, this is my story. And now Paul's saying, and here's Jesus. Jesus is part of this story too. So he paints this picture of the ideal king. And a lot of, a lot of the people wanted to be like, David, he's the ideal king. But they knew that David himself failed. He failed. He, he could not be all that they needed to be for a Messiah, for a king. And the listening audience knew this. They knew of David's moral failures. They understood this. So Paul is, is drawing them in with their story. And he's like, okay, the ultimate plan, therefore, is not David. That's not the end, end goal there. There is a Messiah. There is another. And so he's taking their story, their collective story, the one they love, the one they, they um, even though it's, it's got some low points, <laughs> low points and high points, but it's their story. This is their victory story. This is their God loves us story, right? And they're connected to it. And so Paul, he finishes retelling Israel's story from Moses, the Israelites, and the kings, and the judges and kings. And then he's like, all right, the, the Messiah, the awaited Messiah, who's it going to be? And he says, it's Jesus. He's the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the one the people have been looking for, whether they know it or not. Paul is leveraging their story. This is what he's doing to point people to Jesus. He wants them to see Jesus. Now, what we can do is we can, we can go through uh, Acts chapter 13 here and look at sections of Scripture and talk about it, which is what we're doing right now. And that's cool from a historical standpoint. But... There is a practical point in this that I want you to see. By practical, I mean how we can practice what Paul is doing. You know, putting some legs onto our knowledge. Okay? The practical point of this that I see Paul doing that I, I think you and I can do, maybe some of us are doing this, but I know we should be doing this if we're believers is this, as a, as a follower of Jesus, as someone who's listening to the story, and when Paul gets to the point that says, and Jesus is the Messiah, we're still going, uh-huh, yep, I know this story. This is my story. This is my God loves me story. Like, I'm in this, right? If that's where we are, the next step should be, do we desire to look around in the, in the context of the life we're living, the people that are around us, our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, where we have our hobbies, the things we do, where we spend our time. There are so many people around us that do not know him. Are we leveraging the story to point people to Jesus? Are we asking questions of people? Like, tell me about, tell me about your family. Tell me about you. Where are you from? What's going on? Tell me about your life. Do we know people? Do we actually know them enough to we could actually go, you know what, here's your story I'm going to tell you, uh, there's, there's more to the story, right? There's more to this story, and I want to connect you to this. That's, that's a very practical way that we can carry this out. This is what Paul is doing. He didn't just show up to synagogue to share his knowledge. He came there to point people to Jesus Christ. So once we begin to understand someone's story, we have this opportunity to point them to Jesus, and this is what Paul's doing. Verse 26. He's still speaking in the synagogue. He says, fellow children of Abraham, because he is one. <laughs> he is also an Israelite. Fellow children of Abraham and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. 
the people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. So this is when it starts to get like not, not the best story to be a part of. This is not the best story to be attached to. They didn't recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Every Sabbath, words were read about, about one who will come, one who will be the Messiah, the one who is the anointed king. They read those words, and yet they, had, they participated in, in his death. Verse 28, though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. So you've got the history story that they know. And now here's Paul telling about kind of recent events story. They know this is, you know, 30, this is a time frame here. We're not really certain on the time frame, but it's, it's close enough to where people still know about it. Like, this is almost firsthand, definitely secondhand information. People are going, I know this. I know about this. I've heard about this. The Jesus who came, the Jesus that was condemned and died. I know that story. So, God's carrying out his plans, his purposes, despite what people did or didn't do. Um, he actually uses this to bring about the salvation of people, like all of us. So the, but the gospel message, and this is important, see, because they're nodding their head yes about their story, and then they're hearing about Jesus going, okay, well, here's a part of the story. You know, we know this is an option to connect, but I don't know. I'm, I'm down for story A. I'm not really sure about story B, but here comes like the third part of the story. And this is difficult for people. It's difficult for people then. It's difficult for people today. Verse 30, but God raised him from the dead. It's not just that Jesus came and was the Messiah and he died. It's that he was raised from the dead. Resurrection. Miraculous. Resurrection. And Paul is adding this to the story. He's connecting this. He's like, okay, here's the first story of how Israel is God's chosen people. And they're like, yes. And then it connects it to the life and ministry of Jesus, the life and ministry of Jesus, which is an obstacle for some, but Paul's connecting them. And then here's the next obstacle, Jesus was raised from the dead. It's a tough one. They all connect. Verse 30, Paul's making this connection. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days, so it's like here's proof of the fact, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. So firsthand accounts of people who knew Jesus before and who saw Jesus after, and they interacted with the resurrected Jesus. It's proof. So it's not a fairy tale. As as Paul's relaying this story, it's not, and this is what we think might have happened. It's like, no, this is factual. This is true. This all connects here. Now, they are now his witnesses to our people. Verse 32, we tell you the good news. The good news is that there's a resurrected king. What God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I've become your father. We kind of miss, I think, the connection to Psalm 2. But for the Jewish people, the Israelites... Psalm 2 was a, 
a, a prophetic uh, royal psalm. It declared that there was, there was an anointed one. This is going to be our Messiah. It was like that was the, the royalty psalm to declare one day we're going to have a king. One day there will be one who rules. One day, and we're part of that story. That is going to be our king. That was their psalm. And now Paul is, is bringing in Psalm 2 and all this stuff about Jesus. He's connecting the story Messiah means anointed one, and, and Christ is the, is the, that's the Hebrew, and, and Christ is the, the Greek translation of that. That's what Christ means. Christ isn't Jesus' last name. It's, he's the anointed one. He's the Messiah. And Paul is proclaiming Jesus. It's like this is part of the story. Your story, he's, as he's standing before them, is here's your story, it is not separate from the story of Jesus. In fact, your story is all about Jesus. All that God has done has led to Jesus. This is about Jesus, and you're part of it. Don't reject it just because it didn't go how you thought it was going to go. You're part of this story. And there were those who, you know, I would, I would say this. Here's another practical point of this for us. For those of us who believe and who walk in this, so just like the Israelites, as I'm telling you about Jesus, you're, you're like, yeah, I'm part of this too. Like, this is the connection that you and I get to make for other people, the opportunity. Like, it's right here, just like Paul did. And for those who do not yet believe, I say yet because, come on. The question is, is like presented to us, right? It's, it, which direction will your story go? Because Paul can tell the story all day. Paul can make the connections all day long. He can do it very well from A to B to C. He can connect these stories. We still have the choice. Am I going to live into this story or not? Am I going to live into this? Am I going to accept this? Am I, gonna, am I in? Am I going to go into this all the way? Be a part of this story? Verse 38. Paul says, therefore, my friends, therefore, what's therefore? He just set up, this is the story. Here it is. Here it is. A, B, and C. Your story, Jesus' story, Jesus, resurrected Jesus' story. Therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Again, we might miss this. The people who he was talking to understood the, the weight and the burden of, of sin constantly upon them. Because even if they followed every single Old Testament rule, they still fell short. They still had to go through it all to be made clean again and again and again. And so when Paul says, through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, it was, it's a, it's a one-time wash. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. He says, verse 39, through him, everyone who believes, everyone who believes, not just certain people, everyone who believes is set free. How, how amazing would that have been to hear for the very first time? You're set free from some sins. No, every sin. You are set free from every sin. A justification you were not able to claim, to obtain under the law of Moses. They knew that. They're going, mm-hmm, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 
Jesus offers forgiveness for sins, and he does it through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. That's what we celebrate when we share communion. The story that God has written and that he, he desperately desires for us to be a part of this story. This is the power of it. Verse 44, I want to jump to verse 44. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. So they, they heard what happened the previous Sabbath. So now they're, even more people are there to hear this. They're here to hear this story. And when the Jews saw the crowds, what we would love to see from this text is that they were so excited that God was being proclaimed and that life through Jesus was, was being celebrated and people were running to Jesus. But that's not what the text tells us. In fact, some of the leaders, it says they were filled with jealousy. And they began to contradict what Paul was saying and they heaped abuse on him. And then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. And this is where the story actually starts to be made possible for all of us. Because he was going to God's chosen people, the Israelite people. And he says, we had to speak the word of God to you first. And since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles. That's good news for all of us. The story is now presented to us. Verse 47, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And that's the foundation verse, Acts 1-8, right there. When Jesus said, you will be filled with the power. You'll receive power from the Holy Spirit. And you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is playing out. The story is playing out right here as Paul's there in the middle of it. God offers us some hear and believe, some hear and believe, and others reject. Some hear the story, and they see how their story connects. And they're like, oh, I'm so glad I'm part of this story. I get to be part of this story, that God loves me, that he sent Christ for me, that my sins can be forgiven. I am part of this story. Some people accepted that. Some rejected. I don't know why. I don't know. But the message is intended for all. God offers us this message. It's a powerful, this is a story of grace. It says at the end of this passage in verse 48 that when the Gentiles heard this, when they heard that this message is for them as well, they were glad and they honored the word of the Lord and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. They believed. See, when we really get that we get to be part of the story, God's eternal story, it should change everything about how we view our life how we live it, how we lead it, how we pursue the things in our life that we say are important. When we get, when you and I get, I'm part of this story, it should have an effect on us, friends. It truly should. You know, those, those uh, young adult community groups over the, over the last many years... <laughs> 
sharing stories. I mean, the reality is, is I, I look in here and I see people who could get up here and tell you my story because they were part of so many of those groups that they heard my story every semester. So, you know, <laughs> but those, I'm, those are some of my fondest ministry memories are sitting in my living room, hearing people tell their story, like telling their story, seeing people awaken to the fact as Paul lays it out here, that God sees them and he knows them and he loves them and he has written them into the story. Those are some of the greatest memories. And those kinds of opportunities are not lost and they're not in the past. They're not gone like, oh, well, that was nice that that happened way back then, or I wish I would have done that. Those opportunities, are, they're not in the past, they're, and they're not just for young people. Like, it's for all of us. You know, you heard in the announcement video, we, we have 14 community groups, I think it's 14, um, that are starting this week and next week. I'm in a group, we're starting tonight. We're like parents of teens, and we meet whenever salt and stir meet. You know, like I want, I want to be part of that, that kind of a group where we, we do this. That's why Wednesday night's important. We want people to come and, and um, share, uh, not like tell all their stories. That's for smaller groups and, and more intimate times like that. But we're going to get together and eat dinner and hear from leaders. And it's for those who are in groups, those who are thinking about groups. And you're going, maybe I, maybe I should do this. You're not signing up for it by coming. I think it's just a great opportunity to see if there's other weirdos like you that you could connect with. And I mean that because we're all weird. Um, 5.30 in here on Wednesday. But hear my, hear my heart about this. This is really, this is, what, this is one of the reasons like you hear me talk about the community so much. This is my heart for, for community groups for sure at, at our church. This is what I pray for. This is what I think would just be phenomenal to celebrate like one day in eternity which might be a selfish thing but I'll tell you anyway is for so many people like all ages all stages of life uh, one day going you know what back in the fall of 2023 I was I met with a group of people and we shared our story and we saw how it connected to God's story and how much he loves us how much Jesus loves us and wants our lives to be different, for us to align ourselves with him instead of going our own way and doing our own thing and regretting it and the heartache and all that and wondering which way is up. But he actually wants me to align my story with his because he has purpose for me. He has a plan for me. Like he wants me to glorify him in all things. Like that's the story I get to be a part of. And for my, my heart is that we would look back and go, oh, wow, I had this opportunity to, to be with a group of people and, and, and understand that God loves me and he sees me and he, he wants me to be part of what he's doing. He's written me into his story. That's really that's, that's what I desire for us. That's why you hear me talk about it so much. You probably get tired of it, but it's, I just tell you about it because I, I know it to be true. This powerful story. As we shift and, and, and put the focus on, on the, the sacrament of communion at the table, 
I really think there's at least two responses or, or trains of thought, I guess, if you will, about, about this passage in Acts 13 and, and everything. And, and it's this, I've already kind of said it, but maybe you've been nodding your head just like the Israelites were, the Jewish people were in synagogue that day when Paul shared. You've been nodding your head because you know I'm part of this story. I'm part of this Jesus story. Thank you, Lord. I'm part of this story. Your life has eternally changed, and you're so glad. I would just ask you are, are you, are you doing your part to connect other people's story to this grand story? I believe that is your total, complete purpose, like to glorify God and to point people to him. Are you doing that part to connect people? To his story. And if you're not sure if you're part of the story, if you're not sure, friend, I'll talk to you after the service. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I lived 24 years not knowing the way. I lived 24 years not knowing the truth. And I lived 24 years not living life. Not really. He is the answer to that longing inside of you. He is. Let's pray as we prepare to receive communion. God, as we look at this table and we, um, we consider bread and juice, they are significant in that they represent your body and the cup represents your blood. And though that might seem graphic or extreme, it was needed and necessary for our sins to be covered, for our sins to be taken away, for our sins to be removed. And Lord, would we understand that right now? Would we recognize that, that right now? Would we, um, in our choosing to get up out of our seat and come to receive the bread, and dip it in the cup? Would it be our uh, declaration? Would it be our prayer? Would it be our purpose? Would it be our determination that in doing that act, we are saying, God, I recognize your story, and I recognize that Jesus connects me to this grand story. That this would just be a, a small act of, of worship for us this morning, a small act of us saying, yes, I am connected to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I am part of the story. Thank you. Jesus, you make me significant. Jesus, you make me whole. It's the work of Christ Jesus that makes it possible. There's nothing on our own we could do or say or earn or achieve that gets us written into the story. It is only through the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you receive our act this morning as an act of worship and praise.
thank you for writing us in the story. In the name of Jesus, we pray.